up on the ump ostensibly a baseball podcast tonight day no comments yet hold your comments for the comments section please can we treat this whole thing like the state of the union you're right yeah just like scream and act like idiots when we don't like something (laughs) tonight is tuesday March the 1st, 2022. President Biden yeah. is giving his State of the Union right now. And all I got to say is D-O-T-U greater than S-O-T-U. Oh! Kodachi from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel, I'm doing well. Uh, sorry to all of you out there that we didn't think about this ahead of time and record this podcast so that you could listen to it instead of listening to the State of the Union. But Ooh. we are instead we are instead recording it so that we don't have to listen to the State of the Union. <laughs> My name is Sam. I'm coming at you from Brooklyn, New York. My hot take today has to do with Derek Jeter. That's right. Derek fucking Jeter. Yeah. He quit his job today with the Miami Marlins. Yeah! Uh, we got to stop that. <laughs> so I go. Uh, he forf- I don't know if he forfeited or like he sold or was forced to sell his 4% stake in the Miami Marlins, but he... When he left his job, he also left his ownership interests behind. Um, in his statement, for the reason for him quitting a year before his contract was up, uh, Jeter said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different from the one that I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins, which it doesn't. Many errors in that, you know, probably grammatically. I assume they cleaned it up. That uh, guy's an idiot. Anyway, just like his career. (laughs) My hot take is that the vision for the future that they differed on is that the rest of the Miami Marlins ownership was not interested in shipping all of their young talent to New York, to the New York Yankees. And Derek Jeter was really upset about it. So he quit. And that was the different difference of opinion. But they're like, wait, right. if we stop just giving all of our players to the Yankees, right? And Jesus he like, like put together, a, he put a package together with uh, Jazz Chisholm and Sandy Alcantara and like two of those other young pitchers who are so good to send to the Yankees for like a pack of peanuts and fifteen dollars <laughs> in crumpled ones. He's like, I think I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about this deal, guys. And they're like, no. He's like, no, no, this is this works. And we're going to keep all their salaries, too. We're going to pay their salaries. <laughs> this is my favorite quote from ESPN about this. Quote, in four full seasons under Jeter, the Marlins went a combined 
218 and 327. The beginning of yeah. Gino's tenure. The beginning of Gino's tenure included the trades of high-priced players such as John Carlos Stanton, Christian Yelich, JT Riomuto, and Marcel Ozuna. We lost a lot of games and gave away our best players. The daily right. story. Right. And when he heard that he couldn't continue to do that, he was like, no, this isn't the vision of the future that I signed up for. So it's time for me to step aside. I guess I had thought that when you first told me that, that it was like something in response to maybe to the to the lockout or something like that, in which case I was like going to take back all the bad things I said about Derek Jeter or agreed with you guys when you said about Derek Jeter. But since that's not really the case, I kind of it's a it's a wash for me. Yeah, I just yeah. think that I think Jazz Chisholm has the weirdest and best baseball name around. Yeah. Is he Dominican? I don't know. Yeah, I'll look I don't it know up. if there's anybody else with a name that evokes a, a male climax huh. in two names. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Yeah. Jazz. It if, sounds like a. Sounds if you chisel like jazz, you get a junior. Yeah. yeah. Like a sexual climax. You're saying that the name Jazz Chisholm is the. He's from the Bahamas. He's from the Bahamas. It's like Jizz yeah. and Jism. But it's not. It's Jazz, which is like if his name was Jizz Jism. That's yeah, what the joke is. So now I'm thinking about this too much. <laughs> You're spending too much time thinking about it. It's a good thing no. we stopped cheering Just and roll booing. with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. I, we'll give I think, this one I think maybe Derek Jeter just stood up from the he just stood up from the owner's table and he was like, Well, my work here is done. Right. <laughs> right. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I'm taking this one about as far as I can take it. I'm out. Or is that president? And he just knocks over all the glasses of water and runs out of the room. <laughs> he was like speaking at like an owner's thing and he just like took the microphone and did like that sort of sideways toss that he did to get out the guy at plate at the plate. He throws the mic to somebody flip, else. Flip. Yeah. God, Little backflip so as he goes over the line. God. I, sorry, you just reminded me how much I hate the baseball player Derek Jeter. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, also, I'm sorry, I gotta say this. I also fucking hate Gary Sanchez. Okay. Also joining us, as per usual, is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? It's fine, Joel. It's, it's coming fine to you from Seattle, Washington, where it's raining, where I had a hot take last week uh, about that social media was going to save the world. I was watching videos and following twitter and as vladimir putin and russia invaded the ukraine and watching all this sort of live not live but almost live perspective into it and kind of seeing immediately the response on the internet and how it was sort of affecting people's perspective of this conflict as it was unfolding in real time and it was really kind of the, one of the few times when I've seen social media look like it could work for good in sort of watching the way that people could 
get their mess, you know, say what they wanted to say or show what they wanted to show. And then it, people would all kind of get together and agreed that this was like, I don't know, there hasn't been a time in my lifetime, I feel like in the last 25 years where there was such a such a distinct good and bad. And this is what we're all kind of sharing in this moment. But then as it sort of like winded on, it's 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 taken a new tack and I don't necessarily feel like I hold that perspective anymore. So I'm changing my hot take to I'm out on baseball. I think we should all just get into cricket. Cricket's cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever sat down and watched cricket? I definitely I've tried to be I've tried to start watching some cricket and catch up and learn some rules about it. And I kind of like it. And I think that I will be perfectly fine just watching cricket. I don't have to buy a cable spot cable to watch it. I can just watch it on the internet. Yeah, no, it's great. It's on YouTube, right? All over the place. Mm-hmm. So uh, Thomas, you know I spend way too much time on Twitter. You tell me that all the time. I do. But I definitely have, like, in the back of my mind, this power ranking of the evilness of different social media applications. You Like, they're all evil, but I definitely rank them. I'm convinced Instagram is the worst. I well, that's mean, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I, I was really, I think some of my hope was through Instagram mm. and was that I was seeing a lot of personal stories, sort of like personal things about people that were experiencing this or sort of felt that way. And then in almost like instantly, it just got co-opted. And now if you look at like hashtag Ukraine, it's just people trying to sell you like bras and chocolate and like weird shit. And it's just like this sort of like fake it's like a new fake world of the internet world kind of thing. It's like the, I don't know. I might be imbibing in substances. I think I agree with you. Like what? Yeah. Uh, so what? I just, I mean, I just want to, not to be the actually guy, but Facebook is the worst. And Facebook owns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's like, I don't even look at Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. But if you look at Instagram, you're like, it's, it's the same. They have that, they're like cornering the market and it's like, Oh, Facebook and Instagram are so different. Same company. And they're just like, kind of like funneling people back and forth kind of. Oh, it's, it's a, it's shameless in its yeah. algorithm building and how it is constantly trying to sell you shit. I, uh, the best thing I saw on social media this last couple of days and I was on Twitter, but it was a TikTok video. And it was a TikTok video that was made by a Ukrainian TikTok influencer on how to steal and drive a Russian armored car. Because yeah. Russian armored cars are running out of gas and the Russian soldiers are abandoning them. And so fucking Ukrainian TikTok users are like hopping in these armored vehicles and driving them around. <laughs> Ukrainians of all sorts, I think, are just jumping into these vehicles. I saw one of a tractor towing one down the road. I saw, <laughs> with the Russian soldiers, like, running? There's a guy, like, no, there's a guy running after it, but it, it doesn't seem like it's, like, <laughs> like that's my tank! I, uh, so, and, you know, at the risk of completely derailing this podcast right now, I uh, have been struck, and I think that, you know, it like social media has a, a play in this, but it's just at how 
universal, it seems, the, like, anti-response against Russia is in this conflict. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to say that it's a both sides sort of thing at all, but it's like Swiss banks are, like, freezing Russian assets. And, like, that shit has literally never happened before. No, and, yeah. You know, gas companies are, like, saying, oh, we're not going to work with Russia anymore. And it's like, gas companies, really? Like, if You're gas seriously going like, to turn down a dollar? That's yeah. like, did you run <laughs> that by so your board intense. of directors, sir? You're not right. allowed to do that. Right. So I, this is crazy. There's no way that it's this one-sided. Like, that's, like, this is just the media that I'm seeing and the media that I'm consuming, right? So I went to Reddit, right? You, and I went you, to... I feel like you have like half a bottle of whiskey and then you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Reddit. I'm going to look up something fucked up on Reddit. Yeah. So I went to our Russia. Shout out to our Russia, the Russian subreddit, which I think right. now has right. been taken down from Reddit. I'm anti-Putin, um, but he's still a friend of the show. Right. Right. <laughs> um and so our i went to our russia Glad knows we mean like well. these guys are you know our russia's like the, the moderator of the russian subreddit is literally putin probably you know okay. what i mean because that's like this is where like reddit is where people are radicalized you know what i mean and so i was like i went i went to the subreddit because i wanted to see a contrasting viewpoint right and the best that they could come up with like the shit that they're running on like russian state media is that like oh the ukrainians are horrible people they're putting their munitions in residential areas which is forcing russians to bomb residential areas and kill civilians and the ukrainians are so horrible for doing this and they're like they're like blowing up bridges and roads and because of that people who want to flee are having a hard time fleeing and the Russians and the Ukrainians are monsters for doing that. It's like the Ukrainians fault that we're killing all of these civilians. And I was like, is this literally the best, like you, the state media of fucking Russia, the best thing that you can do is to say that, oh, the people that we're invading are like not making it easy for us. So like they're bad guys, you know, it's so crazy. Right. I mean, they've been running with the whole. They've been running with the whole that their Russian nationals living in Ukraine are being persecuted, like in a couple of eastern provinces of Ukraine, right? Like that's what they're like in the Don Donetsk or whatever. Like a couple of regions in southeast Ukraine, they say that there's like Russian nationalists who are being treated badly. But it's like there's, and I mean, I think, and then they're also like inciting Nazism because. There's probably a lot of Nazis in the Ukraine. There are a lot of Nazis in the Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, that part of the the part part of the world has a lot of Nazis in it in general. It's like that's kind of like Poland isn't letting yeah. people of color cross the border. Like, yeah. I think that's weird. I actually, I mean, I think that's true, but also, I think the Russian media is pushing that narrative kind of. Weird. No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying is that those are like those are the only things that I heard that they were talking about. But now, yes, now we are definitely talking about Ru Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, because this is a baseball podcast, and we don't want to talk about baseball. 
Um, it's been a pretty wild experience watching this war unfold, though. Yeah, so that's probably. So I'm just, I'm just so struck by how even the people who aren't like condemning Russia are not supporting Russia. Like even all these countries in South America that are like, you know, yeah. rely like, on Russia for trade because it's a whole thing from the Soviet Union and the United States. Like, you know, all these revolutionary governments from, you know whatever they're like okay well <clears throat> this we're not going to do anything mm -hmm. but also like that's not cool <laughs> yeah no I, it has been universal it has across the board people have said that they're fucking this up well like two oligarchs yeah. today have parted with the kremlin like two significant guys that's good that's good i forget what their names their are money yeah it's all about fucking with people's money that's what it comes down yeah. But I mean, that's what's like the that's the unfortunate reality, and yeah, and the problem is is that nobody's nobody's deciding to get rid of the problem. Everybody's deciding that they could fight the problem, and if they just had a little bit more of that problem. Yeah, I think I think that we got to figure out a way to put some sanctions on Major League Baseball owners. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I, somebody presented the idea of heckling Rob Manfred wherever he goes. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk around town with raw eggs in my pockets, and hopefully, I run into him someday. No, but if it is your duty as a baseball fan, okay, this is my new. I just came up with a new hot take. Mm -hmm. It is your duty, if you consider yourself a true baseball fan, if you see Rob Manfred in public, it is your sworn responsibility to follow him around as for as long as reasonably possible, and heckle him. I'm asking all baseball fans, I think that everyone should do it. So if you see Rob Manfred in a public space or even not in a public space, like if you see him in a restaurant and you're standing outside, just start booing Actually, and yelling stuff at the window. If he's in the stall next to you. If he's in the stall next to you. Yeah, if he's in the yeah. stall next to you, piss on his foot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go go above and beyond. I'm, well, if, I, I can't condone anything that would get you kicked out of a baseball stadium. Agree. Yeah, that's a good So point. you can piss on his foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That will not get you kicked out of a baseball stadium. No, definitely not. It happens every day. Every day. If you go to Oakland Co Coliseum, you get shit on your feet too. Hey, what? Oakland Coliseum, the Oco, o it's it's famous for having a toilet backup and sewage oh, came out and okay. onto the onto the ground. I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't there, and I don't imagine that it's quite as. This Swiss is Seattle game. Mariners propaganda right here. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. No, look it up. Oko shit fucking. Look it up on the internet. Somebody take a break. Hey, everybody. My name is Joel. I'm coming at you. Thomas, you know Thomas is agitated when he starts pounding on the keyboard. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's my well, elbows. Yeah. <laughs> my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, guys. I want to give a hot take. It's really a shout out to the uh, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis. I, what? You heard me. The no, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis college basketball team. It is March 1st. There is no baseball. So what am I going to get really into? I'm going to get really into college fucking basketball. Yeah, let's do it. IUPUI, -U -I -U -I, Indiana University, P 
Purdue University of Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yes. IUPUI. They are probably the worst team in college basketball. They are three and twenty-five. Yeah, they won three games because of COVID and uh, transfers and injuries. As of yesterday, they have five players on their team. Five total. Ooh, that sucks. <laughs> they cannot use substitute players in any of their games. How many games do they have left? They started, I'm going to Google it right now. They started, they're in the Horizon League, which is like a minor Midwestern league, which is like Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan. And they should be playing right now in their conference tournament. And they lost. They lost only by 11. Ooh, they covered. So they've been eliminated. Sorry, my hot take is too late. They have been officially eliminated. They lost to Oakland, Michigan, 69 to 58. But they covered the 23 and a half point spread. Nice. Somebody, somebody should just try and get them into the NCAA tournament just to see what happens. I guess they'd just lose one. They game. end their season three and twenty-six. Oh man! So pull one out, and they're the Jaguars. So pull one out for the IUPUI Jaguars, the worst college basketball team of twenty twenty-two. <laughs> it's all right, IUPUI. We'll get them next year. Maybe we'll four times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to everyone who's been listening to our episodes. I really appreciate it. Uh, we actually, Sam, we actually had a shit ton of, Sam and Thomas, but Sam, you and I were texting about this. We actually had a bunch of listens this year, which is awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Salem, Oregon, Columbus, Ohio, Round Lake, Illinois, Trumansburg, Jesse, shout out to Jesse. Bend, Oregon. Hi, Mom. Ashburn, Virginia. Hello, the FBI. Los Angeles. Copenhagen. San Jose. Burlington, Vermont. Portland, Oregon. Moscow. Tusvidanya. Tusvidanya. Uh, it's less funny now. I know. I know. It's not. Like, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Putin. I know. You ruined our joke. It's bad now. They're committing war crimes. Although do they they probably say it in do they say that in Ukraine? I mean, is it the same language almost? It's a different language. I don't know how to say hello. Like fully different? I mean, yeah, no, it's like Spanish and French. Like really? Yeah, it's a different language. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Then I that's it's interesting. Not, it's not like American and Canadian. It's it's a different language. Do you think most French or French people? Do you think most Russians? Do you think most Ukrainians know understand Russian or speak yeah, Russian? Yeah, 99.9% of them speak Russian, yeah. But, like, that's been a huge deal, and that's part of why the the, the separatist factions is, is part of it, is that because Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union, they all went to Russian schools. They right. all taught from elementary school in Russian. So probably 99% of Ukrainians speak Russian. And that's been a big uh, propaganda piece. And I don't mean propaganda derogatorily. 
the president of Ukraine, who's Jewish and Ukrainian, he's been doing these press conferences where he, he speaks in Ukrainian because he's addressing the Ukrainian people. And then he'll switch to Russian and he'll speak in Russian because he's speaking to the Russian people and saying, hey, we need you to protest in the streets. We are your cousins, we're your neighbors, we're your friends. Why are you allowing Putin to invade? And I think that's actually been a very smart propaganda tool that- I mean, that motherfucker's played it about as well as you can play it. I don't know if he's- He's like the John Stewart of Ukraine, which is weird. He's got an interesting story. Well, I mean, it, like if John Stewart had like not become mm. John Stewart as he is now, and instead become more like Zelensky. I mean, John Stewart was pretty. He was. He had some pretty strong sway. I think, like towards the end of his show, he was like a really probably was a pretty powerful force in politics and culture in America. But yeah. he didn't yeah. didn't follow through with it. Zelensky's getting. Uh, is considerably younger too though is he how old is he he's really young he's i bet you he's 45 is my bet he's uh, gonna be aged quite a bit yeah well, and and he's doing the whole like he's not leaving kiev he's putting on fatigues he's like walking around with soldiers he's doing everything that you would want you know this is like the winston churchill shit you know no i mean he's yeah that's a, that's what i'm saying he's like he's hitting every mark on this and i don't know uh, the cynic in me is like is it because he's a performer because he sort of knows the sort of timing of things you know and how to like roll things out or is it just what he's doing which i mean it very well could be just what he's doing i mean like he's hanging out with the other heads of state like he's probably trying to figure shit out with them they're probably bunkered down a little bit i don't know it all seems very genuine to me but the cynic in me says I, think, it I mean i think he, he's a patriot which is good for him and i think he's a showman and he understands maybe 21st century media in a way that vladimir putin doesn't actually well, he definitely does that whether he understands it well enough to be manipulating it like this or whether this is some kind of genuine reflection of him is a different question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably yeah. some combination of both sure and he's like a comedian i don't know yeah, yeah. He, anyway, wanted, he was on like Dancing with the Stars in Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so was Giuliani, though. So take that. I, I mean, I, I wasn't using that as a barometer of his like legitimacy or something. <laughs> Just, he's a fucking dork. He was on Dancing with the Stars. So you know he's legit. <laughs> you got to take this dude seriously. <laughs> He's just—he's been good. I mean, the whole thing's been pretty wild. I mean, also he's—he's he's a fucking corner pushed into a corner. I mean, what like what? Right. What if when you're if, if you're in his position, there's really—he he probably he's probably gonna be dead like really soon. Very he's probably scared crazy. shitless. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, anyway, it'd be crazy was, if fucking Putin just kills goes in and kills him. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think that was the plan. Is they the we need to talk about baseball. But I think that that Russia's thought, I think Russia thought, okay, we're going to blitz into Ukraine, we're going to take out their president or make him flee, and then we're going to put in a puppet government that's just pro-Russian that will do whatever we want. I don't think they're going to conquer, quote-unquote, 
Ukraine. I don't think they want Ukraine to be part of the Soviet Union again. I think they want to knock out this guy and put in a pro-Russian puppet government in Ukraine that will do what they want them to do. And they thought it was going to be way easier than it's actually turning out to be. That's yeah. my Ukraine hot take. So, I mean, what's the, I mean, what is the, well, never mind. Let's talk I, yeah. Yeah. Ding. Um, okay. Baseball is fucking canceled, you guys. Definitely talk about right. it. Right. Yeah. Opening day will not happen on March 31st. Planned in a press conference today, Major League Baseball and overall Putin lover Rob Manfred announced that at least the first, at least, at least the you, first. You mispronounced his name, Joel. It's Rob can lick my balls, big hairy balls, Manfred. <laughs> Rob lick my hairy balls, Manfred. Announced that at least one week of the regular season, which is two series, will be canceled, ostensibly, emphasize that, because the league's owners and the players' union failed to come to an agreement today on the new collective bargaining agreement. If you're a fan of our show, you know we've been talking about this forever. In the Athletic today, I found this interesting. Um, Andy McCullough wrote for the Athletic today. And he, he had this sentence. At this point, the goals of the owners, whether it is to crush the players, to install expanded playoffs at a discounted rate, or to curb spending and to further prop up the billionaires unwilling to open their wallets, almost doesn't matter. Whatever victory they presume to celebrate will be Pyrrhic. So my question to you guys is, what comes next? What's going to happen next? Uh, well, okay. So here's what I think about this. And this is kind of a hot take also. I blame Donald Trump for this. Okay. okay. I take I like it. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. I watched Man Rob Manfred's speech today where he stood up and said to all of us, anyone who was watching, that it's a real shame that this deal didn't get done. And he doesn't want anybody to think that this deal didn't get done because of lack of effort on either side. Which, first of all, that phrase, my excellent girlfriend, Michelle, who's a professional negotiator, she said that in negotiations, nobody who is in the right would ever say something like that. So that's like only if you know that you're the asshole, do you say something like that, uh, right? Yeah. Second of all, like the ownership locked out the players and then didn't even return to the bargaining table for 43 days. So it's like, talk about lack of effort. They didn't even meet more than once a week until this week. Like, <clears throat> it's such a crock of shit. So getting back to the, my this hot take about this, the reason that I blame Donald Trump is because he, like uh, Liam Neeson did for old men, 
went like told billionaires essentially showed billionaires that if you stand up there and gaslight people as hard as you can and never back down on your like blatant gaslighting lies eventually they'll run out of money and then you get your way and if as long as you never admit that you're wrong like no one can ever prove that you're wrong mm, that's a good point that's big yeah, in, in, in legal in the legal world the person with more money almost always wins right didn't we talk about that yeah. last week yeah yeah so if you can just sit there and sow doubt or like you know just be like oh yeah that's not the way that it actually went this is this is how it is this is oh this is what the reality is and just tell people right. what's not actually the reality nobody really can do anything about it they can call you a liar right it's like you say yeah no i i think it's not that hot of a take i think like you see the same thing from Putin almost, you know what I mean? Like just every, everybody sort of, there's a new kind of fair game in the world now. That's just sort of like, Oh yeah. Just take what you can get, take as much as you can. Right. And if you're not taking as much as you can, then you're fucking it up. And if, yeah, you only fuck up if you like stop lying. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a lie said- as long as you never admit that it's a lie. Yeah. Like <clears throat> everybody knows that the owners are not like have not been negotiated. I don't know what's happened in the past couple of days, but they have not been negotiating in good faith. Everybody knows that. It's completely documented. It's out there in the press. There's no like no two ways about it. But as long as they never admit that, then it's weird it's like they when you never have that. to back off of that. Well and there's like today though, like the uh how they quickly released a story in the morning about how both sides were really close to a deal and it looked like we might make it for the spring training deadline. And like they used their mouthpieces in the media to sort of portray this concept of them being really close together. John and then John Heyman, yeah. And then, so then all of a sudden it blows up and everybody's like, no. And all the players are like, no, we weren't even close. Like they never were closer than they were. That was just what they were saying, but they did it, they timed it just and just they they did they did that release of information just short enough time that players could never verify that that was bullshit and go online and say that was bullshit you know what i mean like they knew they knew the amount that to the window they had to come on and lie on the internet before the internet would turn around and say no you're lying before they could come before they could reveal it that oh the mlb we couldn't come to an agreement we really really tried we tried this so much you know it's like you're totally right yeah all bullshit well, no, and then also, like, the league did move the most that they had at all, but they hadn't moved at all. No. And, like, they moved more than they had ever before, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. And then, but, like, they still weren't close to where they needed to be. Yeah. But they could see be, say, like, look, look how much we've moved. But, like, they hadn't moved at all before that. It's, it's such a crock. It's, like, such a crock of shit. Yeah, and it's gonna work. Sure. Well, see, I, I think, and I said this last week, that well, I said something like this last week. I said I think the owners are gonna wake up on March thirty first, the day after they literally lose four million dollars in revenue, and they're like, "Oh shit, we can't do this." I I honestly don't think that they can conceptualize the the finances until they are literally losing that money 
And so, so my deadline for opening day is like Memorial Day, maybe, maybe before. Maybe I mean, maybe. it's all baked in. We know that we, we know that they know that if they stay tough on this negotiation, they believe that down the road, that they're back, they'll make more on the back end than they will lose right now. So essentially, I don't agree with that necessarily. I'm not sure you. I'm not. You don't think that they're going to make through whatever this negotiation tactic that they're instill, inst, you know, instituting in their kind of unified position is one that I think is pretty well vetted, probably to be financially prudent down the road. Like they're saying now, like we need to hold the line on all of these things and force the players to capitulate to our desires and needs and then we can have them where we want them essentially we're in the driver's seat yeah no you from a negotiating perspective here's my here's my observation and maybe i'm totally fucking wrong about this i'm not sure but here's my observation is that i think that the ownership is rejecting what would be a mutually beneficial agreement right? Something that what the union is proposing does not actually cost the owners money. Like they will make more money than they are currently making. What the owners are more interested in is power, not money. They want power, right? Right. They also want to break the union. That's what, yeah, that's where I was getting to. But that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. That's like part of the whole kind of big deal. My point is that I am afraid that owners are willing to burn mountains of of money in exchange for breaking the union, which is fucked up. Right. I think that they, you know, I think that if there's no baseball this year at all, they wake up next off season and their baseball teams are worth more money than they were this year. Yeah. And they don't care. And they <laughs> and do so, the same thing again. And right. they and so they don't care. I think that's the problem. That's what and that's and what I'm like, saying. It's just for fun for them is to just break this union. That valuation continues to go up. So it doesn't make any difference to them. They're like we have to main we have to hold this position because we're gonna be making money more money next year anyway. Right. What's a, what's a hundred million when we're making five billion? You know, it's like. Right. So I I, I think uh, yeah I'm with Sam on that. I don't. No, that's a good point. I agree too. And so, I think well, ultimately okay. what's going to have to happen is that they would have to sell their teams. But as Sam right. says, they continue to be worth more every year. So why would they? So Manfred he gets up and he lies, right? This is what Rob Manfred does. Is he gets in front right. of. You're pronouncing it wrong. Rob sucked my hairy ball, lick my hairy balls. I hate Manfred. And he was talking about how, quote unquote, the last five years have been difficult in terms of revenue, which is a fucking lie. Like, right. No, that's a lie. There's one year you, you could say, yeah, COVID was hard. But you they know what? That was his fault. It was his fault. That they could have played more games. They could have played more games which would have been TV revenue. Everybody knows the revenue comes from TV deals, not really ticket deals. 
anyway, right. that's not my point. My point was is that um, what is the difference between an MLB franchise profiting, right, having more revenue than cost versus its value? Because one thing that folks like us, I think, are always saying is, or I'm, let me just speak for myself, the Kansas City Royals increased in value tenfold in less than 10 years, right? From increased in value? They were, they, they were sold in 20 years. Oh, right, right, right. They were sold in 2001 for $96 million. And they were bought in like 2018 for $1.2 billion. And they're probably the least valuable major league baseball team that exists, right? One billion, one billion dollars. One billion. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I yeah, I gave them one billion. Right. So, but that's they 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 gained nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, they multiplied ten times in value in less than twenty years. And yeah, they, no, I mean that's that's we're all talking speaking the same language. Well, but that's not pro, that's not revenue, right? Right, but because, because that's when you cash out your chips. So if right. any owner wants to cash out their chips, they're going to make an insane amount of money. But until they do so, is there any wad? I'm playing devil's advocate here. Is there any wad to being like actually you don't make much money year to year? It's just when you cash out your chips. But that's not necessarily true, though, because that's like it's equity, right? So and when you're dealing in like finance at like a high billion, you know, level of like money, like when we're talking about millions and billions of dollars, it's like nobody has cash, right? And nobody has any real money. Like Elon Musk is the richest man in the world, doesn't have any fucking money. Right. And it's all like all of his money comes from like he borrows money from people because they'll just give him endless money because they know he can pay them back. You know what I mean? And that's how, and it's like, oh, I own a baseball team. It's worth $1.2 billion this year. It's worth $1.4 billion next year. And that's like that's money that they can. You, like they can then borrow $1.4 billion from anybody because yeah. they can pay them back in a second if they have to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to say that that's like, oh no, I like it's not worth any money until I cash my money out. It's like that's fucking bullshit because that money is all you have that money access to you at your fingertips whenever you want because any bank will give it to you. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and so, like, that argument doesn't, it's like, it's such horseshit because it's it's equity. It's like, it's real money. Like, it's a baseball team, but it's also $1.2 billion that you can borrow from any Tax free. Tax free, yeah. yeah. Yes. You're basically carrying around $1 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you have it in the bank or something. Yeah, a billion dollars in IOUs. You're going to want right. to go into this one. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing is, is that, like, that they just will scream to the, it's like, oh no, like all the money is in the team. And it's like, yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially, bullshit. 
yeah there's like it baseball their team would have to lose a a lot about like a lot would have to happen for them to lose that much money you know what i mean like for a team to start to lose money you know like it's not they're not gonna even if even if the major leagues don't happen this year they lose a certain amount of revenue they're gonna lose i mean well they're not going to lose that much money. It's a, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket. It's, it's under, it's $300 million. It's whatever their payroll is. You know what I mean? Like they're not paying their, their staff to show up there anymore. They're not paying for facilities. They're not paying for any, you know, anything that goes along with running a baseball team. So basically you're just looking at evaluation. And if that evaluation goes up over a strike season, what, who's to say, why would it be a bad investment for them going forward anyway? Like eat, just buy a dead baseball team. By a by a permanently dead baseball team, yeah, that's they have no incentive to come out of strike or out of lockdown, lockout. Montreal Expos. What is what? What about the Expos? Just buy them. It's a dead baseball team. <laughs> well, they're all technically dead baseball teams right now. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. they could. What? Who's to stop the owners from never going back to playing games? That's messed up. That's weird. That'd be a weird like. I mean, I guess at some point they no, would start to lose valuation. They would start to sort of like, but the the possibility of performance would still maintain that they'd re, they'd made they maintain some valuation. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a baseball team and all of a sudden tomorrow we all decide to open our baseball stadiums and all of a sudden we have all this business, all this revenue, you know, like all of a sudden it opens back up. So that just the threat of being able to use that is going to continue to make the valuation of your pro your product go yeah. up. Yeah, that's I think the most like I think the most depressing thing about this whole situation is out of thirty owners, there's not one of them that's just like, "Fuck, guys, let's just play some baseball." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're like, they are like in lockstep. We're gonna fucking break this union, and not one person's like, you know, I, I'm on this baseball team. I just want to fucking play some. I baseball. have grandkids. You know I'd love I mean? to go see. A, I'd love to go see a ball game with my grandkids. Right. Like they'd like rather such burn a their fucking grandkids. Heartbreaker. Yeah. I would fucking burn down the pinata at a, their grandkids' birthday. Party. Anyway, really, the players just have to go to Congress and be like, "Listen, Andy, we're gonna start playing baseball games." We're going to like put together a league of the players union until this fucking lockout is over. We're going to start playing some baseball, do fucking pickup games or whatever. Yep. And, and, and you know Con what? That I would Congress like will be like, we're dealing with the Ukraine. Go fuck yourself. But yeah, sorry, Thomas. I, I really want to get that joke out. <laughs> I mean, it's not that far off. No, I want Marcus Stroman and Tim Anderson in Harold Washington Park just playing pickup baseball. I mean, right? Yeah, I would. That's for the money, thing, that The player, if the players could no, go, to, no, I money think now, the, no money now. Sorry, no money now. Like, no, as a propaganda piece. Like, look, baseball is fun. Change the game. I, you want to see Marcus Stroman? Pitching to Tim Anderson at your like Sandlot park on the south side. Let's do it. No money now. No money now. Maybe later. Then, then do the players' league is what I'm saying. I yeah. I just think that the owners aren't going to give a shit unless somebody's buying tickets 
But what what what, are you, what, to, might, what I was going to say is what you're just saying games. is the one thing that will change the valuation and will suddenly if they can ch- change that antitrust lawsuit. So if the players if the strikeout if the lockout continues, player I say the players send a contingent the same players representatives to Congress and have them testify in front of Congress and get Congress to, to repeal the the whatever the monopoly rule and let them form a league a players league. They can't use any of the facilities, you know what I mean? Like let them just do it right. and see what happens. And I better right. like rent out college stadiums or yeah. whatever. Right. It would be the best thing that ever happened to baseball. It would be the best yeah. thing that ever happened to America. Period. Yeah. That's what we can do. That's what we have to do. We got to organize it. Fuck it. Yeah. Even if it's like, yeah. not even if it's like get rid of the antitrust exemption, give them a fucking, give them a like, uh, um, you know, until this lockout is over, you can put on baseball games for. Yeah. A temporary, a temporary reprieval. Yeah, yep. I like that. So I had two stories to tell, and then we need to get I don't have time for that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so fans of the show will notice I'm wearing my my White Sox jersey today. Tim Anderson seven. Uh, it didn't work. We didn't. We didn't. You jinxed us, you motherfucker. Jinxed us. <laughs> Tim Anderson choked again. Uh, what? When does Tim? <laughs> what? Those are. Fighting words. <laughs> the most clutch player in Major League Baseball, man. Clutch is in a stat. He is so clutch. He's the most clutch. Um, didn't okay. he disappear in the playoffs, or did he play really good in the playoffs? Oh, he played really good in the playoffs. Abreu disappeared in the playoffs, which yeah. is like, Captain, my captain, where the fuck did you go? That's anyway, the- tell your story. Yeah. Okay, so I got two stories. One story was in my flex class today i had this one student eighth grade she's just chewing on a plastic spoon the entire time in class because it's right after lunch and she brought a cup of corn which is something i've never had happen in class the student is like hey hey i just brought this cup of corn can i eat it and i'm like why do you have a cup of corn <laughs> but eat your cob of corn. And she ate her cob of corn and made a mess and was just chewing on her plastic spoon. And then I was like, you know, I actually once ate a pig's eyeball and it tasted exactly like a plastic spoon. And it freaked out the entire class. And I was so proud of myself about sharing. Yeah. Sharing. Wait, so. Was she eating the corn with a spoon? Because that's where this, was, this story was, falls she, apart. For she me. had it was it was like a half cob, and she had it, and she was like digging at it with her plastic spoon, making a goddamn mess of corn all over my floor, and then like spooning individual corn kernels into her mouth. Do you always let people eat in class, or do you ever no. stop? No, I don't. No, you you're don't not all... eating in class. So why it has to be her? something that you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell her no then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> something I had never seen. Like, I have never had a student with a gob of corn. So wait, so if somebody pulls out like a sandwich, like a peanut butter sandwich, and starts eating it in class, you say, put that fucking peanut butter sandwich away. No, I, no, I. You don't, don't swear. 
No, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, why do you have a peanut butter sandwich? And I'd be like, okay, if you actually go go outside the class, eat your peanut butter sandwich, come back when you're done. What we usually have is kids have Cheetos, chips. Sure. Like, those are the big ones. Like, that's like, no, stop. I'm like, like you're just being a joke. If you don't, you don't that, tell them to, you don't tell them to put, you don't tell them to take it into the hallway. You say, put it away. Yeah, because that's like, like, I mean, you use your professional judgment, but that's not like, hey, I didn't eat lunch. I need to eat this peanut butter sandwich because I didn't get a chance to eat lunch. Like, that's... No, that makes sense. Yeah, like, okay, fine. I don't want you in class eating a peanut butter sandwich. Go stand outside, eat your peanut butter sandwich, and then come back inside. What we have happen all the time is kids are just like, snacking on cheetos constantly. and you're like no hell no you think that's you disrespectful. Had you had breakfast you had lunch you're just like you just bought takis and you're being a joke put them away or get out you know that's when yeah, like, i think i think you should be consistent in your messaging joel that's all i'm saying no 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 because there's definitely because the girl's got a corn, a cob, and a spoon doesn't mean that she shouldn't have to go in well, the hallway. That, that was me being a bad teacher because I was fascinated because I've taught for nine years and I have never had a student with a corn, a cob, and a spoon. Well, your inconsistency was punished. Did you have to clean up the mess? No, I made her do it. She did. I was actually kind of proud of her for that. I was like, wow. I think you should have, like, I wait, wait, wait. You, you left that part. You left that part out of the story. What? I was like, no, you got to go get. She went and got wipes and cleaned it up. I was like, what were you did? You made a big fucking mess of corn. That's corn. See, then I think that you should just. I don't understand why you're discriminating against Cheetos so much. Because they have no nutritional value, unlike corn. And they're loud too. <laughs> and they're loud. That's a good. Uh, they are obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. And they're sticky. I've just I've just found that it's easier to have consistent principles and to stick to them. You know? if, if you start if you start get, getting all wishy washy, then people are going to start pushing your pushing the line. You know, it's like, well, you ate hurry, eat, let eat that sloppy ass fucking cob of corn. Why can't I eat these Cheetos? That's a good point, and the answer is because I was fascinated about why. <laughs> I don't think that's allowed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that like, I think that you being a bad teacher in this scenario, Joel, was like not teaching her how to eat a fucking piece of corn on the cob. Yeah, that's oh, the, that's like the you other don't point eat we're that missing. With a spoon, it's like, you just, not only you let her eat in class, you didn't take this like learning opportunity. A teachable moment. Like, Look, how to eat corn. <laughs> Of how to eat corn on the cob. It's like you don't you, do it with a spoon. There's a lot of different ways to eat corn on the cob. Not a single one of them involves a spoon. You okay? got to be careful, so, though. Be careful, though, because you don't want to be the fucking soup guy. The, you remember the on Twitter? My This guy I know, he got completely excommunicated from Twitter. His guy, John Roderick. He was, uh, what is it, what's his name, though? Bean, or... Uh, Bean, oh, dad. bean dad, bean, bean dad. dad, yeah, bean dad. He told he wouldn't tell his daughter how to open a can of beans and like tortured her publicly on the internet. But like you can't, you can't like try and you did miss a teachable moment, but you don't want to turn it into a bean dad scenario. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. 
like Bean Dad being like his daughter is asking him to open a can of beans, and he's like, "No, this is good for you." Yes. <laughs> what I don't understand what what this Bean Dad story is. What did he do? He made his daughter try and figure out how to use a can opener. She had never used a can opener. I think she was like nine or something like that, or ten. And he was like, "I think she should know how to use a can opener." So I'm going to make her try and figure it out. He like was live tweeting it basically. No, <laughs> And he was a pretty popular guy on Twitter. I know him. He was a Seattle musician. He's a really nice, funny dude. You know, wait, you know, be dead. Like, yeah, really well. Yeah. <laughs> That's not okay. really well, but I've known him for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. He was in a band called The Long Winters, and he was like played in Seattle. He was like one of the first musicians in Seattle I met in like 98. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, uh, so anyway, he's really funny and he's been on uh, he's been on Twitter. He's really po- was really popular on Twitter. But then he basically told his daughter to figure out how to open a can of beans and, and it went viral. And everybody was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and he got basically just like... Yeah, he, he, got got he got canceled. He got canceled. Yeah. He was trending on Twitter, Bean Dad. I saw him at a baseball <laughs> game. He's, he's friends with Ben Gibbard. He was sitting like in these really fancy seats, and I had fancy company seats, and I saw him, and I walked up behind him, and he didn't see me coming. I walked up behind me. I said, excuse me, aren't you Bean Dad? And he was like, why, yes, I, oh, fuck you. Like, dude. <laughs> 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 <It was crazy. laughs> oh, that's awesome. <sighs> Anyway, what was your second story? That's a funny story. The internet's the worst. All right. We're at 58 minutes. I'm going to call it. I got, I had. Not going to tell us the second story? The second story was my coworker. And you know those coworker friends who are like you like, but you're not friends. You're like acquaintances, but you don't hang out. Yeah, that's like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wearing my White Sox jersey, and he was like, hey, White Sox, spring training. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And he was like, oh, those greedy players. And I was going to be like, well, actually, but (laughs) like seventh hour was starting in 20 seconds, and we had 258th graders walk into class that we had to like get the fuck out of the hallways. So... So I was like, damn, I wish I, like, I couldn't send, like, I was like, let me send you all my tweets from the last six weeks. <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah. Most. Although, was that the, your most popular tweet you've ever had? No, I had one. I tweeted this millionaires versus billionaires tweet this week that got. I thought that was a quality tweet. I was very, I was a big fan That was a good tweet. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh my gosh, I think the most popular tweet i've ever tweeted was don't the, you the white Sox should sign every catcher that got like two thousand right. likes <laughs> like like it was like we were trying to just it was like two years ago oh was it it was before grandall it was it was do we get grandall or james mccann and the tweet was like we should just sign every catcher <laughs> Well, right. That was a good tweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So wait, did what did you say to this guy? Did you just like backhand him in the balls and run to class? <laughs> yeah, what yeah, what did you say? What's the end of the story? <laughs> I was like, get that girl's cord cob. She's <laughs> 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 
<laughs> we got to get this class started. That girl's got a corn cob. She's going to make a fucking mess. Let's get this going. Yeah, no, I didn't say. I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I literally was like, the bell rang. We were standing in the hallway, and he's like, oh, what do the players want? And I was like, no, nah, they're good. And then the bell rang. And I couldn't argue with him because I had to deal with 258th graders. With corn cobs. With, with who gives the corn cobs? What's wrong with this country? Well, right. Also, it's about as far from like corn season as you can get. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess you're in corn country. If you need a fucking yeah, like, corn cob in Champaign, Illinois, you can get a fucking corn cob in Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> did anybody read about the fucking cheese, the cheese tome underneath uh, Virginia? What? No. Like the government cheese underneath the state of Virginia? There's like 4 billion tons of government cheese underneath in a bunker underneath in, in Virginia because the government dairy producers in the United States produce so much dairy that they can't, America doesn't eat it. So the government buys it from them through government subsidies and then takes the dairy and turns it into cheese and leaves it in these, cause cheese stays the longest it, and they leave it in a bunker underneath Virginia. It's totally fucking real. Well, I read it on the internet, but I think, but it makes sense. And I'm just thinking about the corn lobby and yeah. the cheese and the dairy lobby. So, and like all these people are there like, you have to keep giving us this money so we can keep giving all these people cheese and corn. <laughs> it's the same they're the same, same. corn feeds the cows that make the dairy it's all all the, the money circle going to corn of life. it's all it's all a corn subsidy like all don't like beef subsidies dairy subsidies fucking any subsidy is just a corn subsidy it's a weird it's a yeah. weird thing mm. Well, maybe we should get the corn lobby to start pay, playing baseball, paying baseball players to play. I'm stumbling over words like Joe Biden over here. Uh, is, this, <laughs> is this Iowa? No, you're in a fucking cornfield. <laughs> is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Get to work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're at one hour, three minutes. Uh, this has been Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on all your social media applications at Twitter on Dump of the Ump, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we ain't got no TikTok. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your fucking podcast. Not Let's just say, fucking podcasts, po regular podcasts, too. Fucking podcast. For Sam and Thomas, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. Have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sweet baby, I'm going to leave you. And the time is on.